hour two on day one of early voting in North Carolina. My name is not on your ballot. (laughs) This was a late write-in. Recovering Congressman J.D. Hayworth in for Pete Callender. It's tough when, uh, when you wake up and you sound like you've been gargling with razor blades. And Brother Pete, well, he has a vocal affliction. But hopefully uh, plenty of tea and honey, and he'll get back real soon. But uh, probably against their better judgment out of desperation. <laughs> Management called, J.D., can you do the show? Of course. And I'm honored to be here, uh, back behind the microphone at News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. Now, we've expanded for for my three hours in for Pete, and already hour two starts. We've expanded the, the general question, your chance to be a WBT reporter or an eyewitness. If, you, if you're voting today... Just want to hear if everything's gone smoothly, any problems, and maybe the reason why you wanted to go ahead and vote today instead of waiting for Election Day. 5701110, the number in Charlotte, and it's environs. And if you live elsewhere and want to add to the conversation, toll free from any place, 1-800-928-1110. Hey, you may be listening to us, I don't know, in Arizona, for example, at WBT.com. It's amazing. Since WBT first signed on the air a century ago, all the changes we have seen in communication and yet radio remains, I believe, the most intimate medium and this whole concept of talk radio where you and I can interact is uh, just exceptional. So glad that we have it going. Now, I was saying before we took the top of the hour break, as much as I would love to have you glued to the radio, I understand. You got other stuff going on. And so some folks call and they drop off. That happens. So I'm not going to pull a Joe Biden closed circuit to Dan, who called earlier. We couldn't get to him. He had to go. But, Dan, I'm going to share your joke across the width and breadth of WBT signal area and, in fact, on uh, uh, if you're listening uh, online at WBT.com. Dan called in. Here was his zinger. The worst job in the world is being a sign language interpreter for Joe Biden. (laughs) Now just stop and think about that because we've heard Joe. It's more than getting tongue-tied. It's having basically a disconnection. And the most important thing is... And uh, Dan has a point. Not being cruel, just just laying out. Still, still to come this hour. The guy with whom I served, who uh, to, to by my lights 
remains probably the smartest guy about putting everything in perspective. Newt Gingrich on the midterms, and no, it's not always about Congress, despite the fact that 1994 was pretty big for Newt, and for yours truly, and for the GOP. But right now, responding to our all call to say, give us a report on early voting, lined up on line one, it is Heather. Heather, welcome to WBT. Thank you. Thank you for taking time. So you've gone and cast your ballot, correct? I did. Very happy to say that I did. Well, good. And was it problem-free? Was there a long line? Was there any confusion? Not at all. Um, the, more, the most people that were out there, there wasn't a line to vote, but the people that were out there handing out their different you know, pieces of paper and vote for me or this or that, and then once you got past that, I think I was in there for about seven minutes, start to finish. Now, again, and uh, gosh, I haven't been a North Carolina voter since, wow, uh, since 1980. So, um, you know, every state does it differently. Mecklenburg County, do you use machines or do you have uh, ink, a pen and paper ballots now? No, we've got the we've got the machines. They give you the piece of paper and you know put it through the machine, take it out, double check it, and then they you know officially put the piece of paper in the ballot box. So no, it's it's machine driven. I see, and of course you have the right to a secret ballot. But if you care to express your preferences, we're happy to hear from you. We'll give you that opportunity. <laughs> well, I just decided it was time to make some changes, and I can't do anything. I can't say anything about it if I don't go cast my vote. And, and that's what I did today, hoping that I have an impact. Well, every vote counts, and believe me, I, I went through one race that I won by a tenth of a percent. So uh, <laughs> sometimes there are those races. In fact, in Sholo, Arizona. Up there, there was a race, and the votes came out exactly tied, and they had to cut the cards, show the low card to see who won. That was the way they determined it. So rest assured, Heather, your vote counts, and we thank you for making your time count and uh, sharing with us here on WBT. Man, it, I, I'm going to tell you. It wasn't the big historic election of 94, it was 96 in my case. Because old Bill Clinton was atop the ballots, you remember, and old Bill, he was a master in his race, they called him Slick Willie. Do you remember the, the Democrat convention in Chicago in 1996? Uh, Bill Clinton gets up, I was made on Republicans, I got a contract on America. But you and I, we've gotten things done. And he cited as his achievements <laughs> everything that he was putting down that we had passed, that he had signed into law, the contract with America. And, and the other thing that happened when in the summer of 96, we actually got an agreement with Bill Clinton on a work requirement for welfare benefits. 
Well, buddy, Dick Morris tells the story. Because uh, Hillary and who was it? Marion Wright Edelman. Uh, they were giving uh, Willie all sorts of fits about that. And Dick Morris, who, uh, uh, boy, you know, in American politics, I, I like to say I think Newt Gingrich is the smartest guy. My late great sainted mother said when Dick Morris would be on TV with me on Newsmax, she said, oh, honey, that Dick Morris is just about the smartest guy alive. But you think about old, 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 old Dick Morris, we advised our old buddy, the late great Jesse Helms. Think about your clients spanning the ideological spectrum from Jesse Helms on down to Slick Willie. And so the way Morris told the story, he says, well, Mr. President, people don't understand the ins and outs of welfare reform, but they do understand baseball. Three strikes and you're out. So you, you vetoed it once. You vetoed it again. They've sent it up to you again. <laughs> you do well to sign that thing. And so we sent the identical bill up. And Clinton comes out and says, I was, I had to make sure there were important reforms added to this bill, and now I'm happy to put my signature on it. <laughs> they don't call him slick for nothing. Uh, so a very interesting year. This is a very interesting year. 2022, we don't worry about ancient history. And when we come back, the guy who made history in 94 talks about the other important races in the upcoming midterms. That would be one Newt Gingrich. We shall hear from him. And as always, happy to hear from you. 570-1110. Twenty minutes past one. And boy, if I'm not mistaken, from my old days in student radio at NC State, uh, I believe this is REO Speedwagon, the intro. Uh, this is on the album, you can tune a piano, but you can't tune a fish. Remember that? Rolling with the Changes, I believe, is the name of the tune. And certainly apropos, given the midterm elections, and I've just got an all-day assignment. It's kind of a modified open phone. It's, it's really, we're going to keep one subject open. We can talk about other stuff. But since this is the first day of early voting across the width and breadth of North Carolina, are you someone who availed yourself of the opportunity to vote early? Caroline is on line one with an eyewitness report from Monroe. Hey, Caroline. Hi. I, I went to vote this morning, and the line was long. Had some people to leave because they thought they were going to get in there fast, and they left. They said they'd have to do it another time. Uh -huh. And uh, the lady said that uh, by 12 o'clock there was a thousand at least a thousand people voted in Union County. Mercy. So Union County, and uh, if I were going to run for office in Metro Line, I'm not. I mean, I just uh, unelectedly join you on the air here, but boy, if you have Union County, given the number of people who vote there, 
Uh, and and they were they they were showing up again today. Now, did you go way early in the morning, Caroline, or was it toward lunchtime? What time were you in oh, there? It was before lunchtime. Uh, about mid morning. Uh, it was about eleven thirty. Okay, that's interesting. And did they say now? You there was a line there, and people had. They said, "Well, we'll come back later on. We've got till obviously election day." But but. Um, so there was no, uh, no, nobody was upset. They were kind of gratified at the turnout, huh? Any, any oh, yeah, different? It was real easy. Uh, nobody bothered with you. Uh, what uh, after you got there to at the end of the line or at the first of the line, you just got your ballot and went and voted, and then put it in the machine. There you go, and you're you're a satisfied citizen and voter. It went fine for you. It sure did. Amen. Well, that's good to hear. That's music to our ears, Caroline, and we thank you very much for checking in. Appreciate the call. Now, I told you before the break that we were going to hear from Newt Gingrich and history, since Newt is a historian. He is inexorably tied to that big election in 1994, the first time Republicans took control of the United States House of Representatives in 40, count them, 40 years. So that was a big deal. But last night on the Fox News Channel, although Newt represented Georgia during his years in Congress, he actually um, uh, lived in Pennsylvania as a kid, so he was back there with Sean Hannity last night. And he explains, does Newt, the importance of the midterm elections uh, in addition to what goes on in the House and the Senate. Take a listen to Cut 4. If you believe in a federal system, then fixing education is largely a state challenge. Fixing crime is largely a state challenge. Making sure the elections are honest and accurate, clearly in the Constitution, is a state challenge. And I think governors are really matter, and I think you see this, as you pointed out, you know, if, if your chief law enforcement officer for six years has presided over a total disaster, why would you promote them? And Newt was making that point about the Attorney General of Pennsylvania. Uh, Shapiro, who is facing uh, Doug Mastriano, and we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later, but North Carolinians, you ought to file away that last point, given how I think things are going to go in the Democrat primary for governor in, in two years' time in North Carolina. Now, south of the border, South Carolina, my old buddy Henry Dodd and McMaster is running for his, what, third term? Now, I'm just kind of curious. I, I, I just got Henry there as a lead pipe cinch. But it's always dangerous in politics to assume that, boom, it just is going to happen. So if you're a South Carolina voter, since there's a governor's race on your ballot this year, I'd, I'd be interested in the take that you have there in the Palmetto State. Of course, what was interesting when I was down at Channel 4 in Greenville and a South Carolina voter, the Republican Party actually held a primary on a Saturday. And I'll never forget going over to vote because I wanted to have, being a, 
a guy who liked history, I said, man, I can vote for the incumbent senator in this Republican primary. That at the time would be Jay Strom Thurman. I could vote for Senator Thurman knowing that he was on the ballot for president in 48. The, the state's rights party. I've told you the story before, but I'll tell you again when Strom Thurmond comes. I'm actually two Strom Thurmond stories. And maybe this is more suitable for family radio. Anyway, um, different, I guess this was uh, uh, the NFIB, the National Federation of Independent Businesses. They wanted all the business-friendly uh senators and congressmen to come out on the Capitol steps for a picture. And it was a beautiful sunny day and suddenly Strom sidles up next to me and he says, Mr. Hayway, I'm going to take your arm to go down these steps because you're a strong young man. And oh, we were walking down those stairs of the Capitol. I, I give it to Strom, he was in his late 90s at that point. But he was getting around well. That, that uh, banana and orange juice diet he was on was working okay. But all the way down, I'm going, oh Lord, please don't let me trip. I've got the President Pro Tem of the U.S. Senate. <laughs> and I, I'm responsible to make sure we can walk down these steps and get in position for that picture. And luckily, we got it done just fine. Now, one other note about J. Strom Thurmond that comes to mind, and it was, um, again, involved Newt Gingrich. Newt had been on an international trip to, uh, to the Middle East. He had stopped uh, at the Vatican, and he flew on through, and uh, during his time away, Arizona's favorite son, Barry Goldwater, passed away. And so I hear from the Goldwater family, you know, it would really mean a lot to us if the speaker were here. And so, you know, because I'm a member, I was able to get a hold of Newt and say, look, the, the family would really like you. So Newt, to his credit, uh, got off one plane after getting back across the Atlantic and got on the, the special plane out to Arizona. And uh, so we're sitting there at Barry Goldwater's funeral, Gamage Auditorium on the campus of Arizona State University. And it's Strom as President Pro Tem of the Senate and Trent Lott as the Senate Majority Leader and Newt Gingrich as Speaker of the House, and my bride, the lovely Miss Mary, and uh, yours truly sitting there on the front row. And Strom pipes up to no one in particular. He sure is touching. Barry would like this so much. And old Trent is right there. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And uh, it was just something to see and uh, an incredible moment in history as we were saying goodbye to Arizona's favorite son and another man who had run for the presidency uh, was there and sure enough we get back on that plane to Washington and Strom's got his assistant and he brings down that big glass of orange juice and that great big banana to keep Strom uh, strong 
and it sure worked for all those years in the United States Senate. So, there's a lot at stake here, and it's about the here and now, and it's about changes. And I'm just very curious, if, if you heard the news at the top of the hour, in the latest poll out of East Carolina University and what it portends from the Uni for the United States Senate race. What will the outcome of that race be? What do you think of this poll out of ECU? You and I will talk about that in mere moments. Twenty-five minutes in front of two, one thirty-five is the time. Recovering Congressman J.D. Hayworth in for Pete Callender on this Thursday. And following the news at three, Brett Winterbull back on WBT. That's kind of interesting. Uh, life imitates art. At times, radio imitates TV. Uh, a few years ago, I was doing a show on Newsmax TV, and uh, following my show was Brett Winterbull. So the more things change, the more they stay the same. Mentioned before the break, this new poll from East Carolina University, the poll conducted October 10th through the 13th, 902 likely voters. Now understand something. You got to break down on voters. When, whenever you hear a poll and they say uh, a survey of 1,000 Americans, forget about the political implications. And it's also true whenever you hear, here's a poll among registered voters. Nah, nah. You want to have a poll of likely voters. And this is why, uh, more often than not, Republicans feel usually pretty good about midterms because Republicans tend to come out and vote in midterm elections. Now, I will be quick to point out that when the tide turns against Republicans, the turnout <laughs> it may not make any difference. In uh, 2006, and another one of my friends who finished second sent me the aggregate of polls, the, the advantage on the ballot, the generic ballot for the Democrats in 2006 was plus 13 points. And so in that kind of situation, you know, when you're running for office, you put that stuff out of your mind. But my pal sent me that poll again. I went, whoa, we, we really did have an uphill battle. Remember, that was back when George W. Bush was talking about comprehensive immigration reform, a.k.a. amnesty. And it killed us, that and um, failing to act decisively to put an end to the conflicts in uh, Iraq and Afghanistan. So anyway, that was then, this is now. But let's go over the poll dealing with the North Carolina Senate race. Republican Ted Budd. Leads former state Supreme Court Chief Justice Sherry Beasley 50% to 44%.
The polls are outside the surveys, plus or minus 3.8% credibility interval, which is similar to a margin of error. In other words, when a race is too close to call, let's say the, the um, let's say that um, there was only a two-point differentiation, and the margin of error was like, you know, 3%. Well, that makes it too close to call. Anyway, when you get when you get this thing at six percent, and you consider the fact that um, a pollster not exactly friendly to Republicans, um, Nate Silver over at five thirty eight, who takes a look at the different polls and evaluates them, the uh, the evaluation of five thirty eight is that the ECU polls tend to overestimate Democrat. Uh, candidates turn out. You always see this, by the way, whenever it's just a mood poll, the mood of the nation, we asked a thousand voters, and you talk about the big national polling firms. Yeah, always in that kind of situation, you've got a deal where nine times out of ten, the national surveys are weighted in favor of the Democrat Party because the quote, random distribution of votes or, or the random uh, distribution of the polls respondents come from major metropolitan areas. But again, the key thing to remember when you're talking about a midterm election is a poll of likely voters. That's the most important thing. And they're saying right now, at least... Uh, According to um, to the ECU poll, that Ted Budd is moving ahead. Now, close circuit to Republican voters in Mecklenburg County. Our old buddy Pat McCrory, former governor, former co-morning host here on WBT, left broadcasting, made a run for the Senate. Uh, of course, finished second to Ted Budd, but Mecklenburg County was behind McGrory. Now, I've not had a chance to talk to Pat personally. Uh, but I'm just curious, Republican voters, especially in Mecklenburg County, if Pat was your choice in the primary, is that over and done with ancient history? And are you sticking with the Republican nominee, Ted Budd? Or, since uh, Charlotte is a major urban area strongly controlled by the Democrats and since Republican pollsters and you, you got to understand this as well no matter the issues pollsters come in when you're a Republican member of Congress they go oh you better watch it oh you gotta watch out for those those suburban wives those suburban women who say they're Republican because it could very well be true they're what we call soft R's. And if you're seen as any way mean, if you're seen as any way strident, oh, it's, it's going to cost you votes. Indeed, there is a school of thought that in the major metropolitan areas and major suburban areas where Biden was seen to prevail... One of the things that hurt Donald Trump, it wasn't Russia, Russia, Russia in 20, 
2020, although certainly that wasn't helpful. It was so-called mean tweets. So anyway, my question remains, if, if you are a Mecklenburg County voter, Pat, uh, Mecklenburg County went for Pat in that primary against Ted Budd. Ted Budd won the nomination. Are you all in for Ted Budd? Or is that eternal warning from all the pollsters in Washington to Republican members? You better watch it. You better watch it. Better not be too strident. I mean, Ted is running as a 100% conservative. And you, you've heard the ads. You've heard him doubling down on the Second Amendment. Just want to get your temperature on that. 704-570-1110. 43 minutes past one. Ten minutes till two. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. JD for Pete and you. Check it in. 704-570-1110. So my question before the break was a simple one. We got the new poll from ECU saying Ted Bud's way in front. And I'm just kind of curious. Mecklenburg County was carried by former governor and former Charlotte Mayor Pat McCrory in, in the primary. So what about Mecklenburg County voters heading into the general? Will it be Bud or Beasley? Let's check in first on line one with Chris. Hi, Chris. Welcome to WBT. Hello, J.D. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. Uh, I did. I am going to vote for Ted Bud tomorrow or the next day or this, you know, for the midterm. I did not vote for Slick Patty McCrony in the primary because Slick Patty McCrony ruined East Charlotte. I live in East Charlotte. We were a great middle-class area of the town, but when he started incorporating all the smart growth initiatives, all the crime that used to be downtown that is no longer downtown migrated to East Charlotte, and every single solitary police officer I've asked about that said, yes, that's exactly what happened. So really, the whole thing with Pat was based on his time as mayor, is what you're telling me. Uh, the, the, your animus toward Pat McCrory really came from his time as mayor, correct? Yes, correct. And so, also as governor, when he brought the uh, that toll lane on, on I-77, I mean, the northern part of the county voted him. The, the amount of votes he lost by in his rerun for governor was less than the amount of people that did, that voted against him during that same run as compared to the first time he ran as governor. So clearly what he did with the with the toll lanes in northern Mecklenburg County is what made him lose the, his second run as governor. Well, you know, it's interesting. Now, did you, just out of curiosity, given your animus toward Pat when he was mayor, did, did you ever vote for him for governor? No. Okay, not. so all right, all right. Well, that's kind of an interesting point of view. First time around. I hear you. Okay. You know, I, I appreciate that insight. I really do. And I want to thank you for checking in. You know, it's kind of funny because that odd six race for me out in Arizona, there was something about a road I didn't have any control over uh, to what we used to call the world's largest um, cul-de-sac in Ahwatukee, Arizona, a, a, a suburb of Phoenix, part of Phoenix proper, actually, down by South Mountain. 
And somehow that became an issue when I had nothing to do with it. Now, you know, we heard, obviously, Chris was not a big Pat McCrory fan. Uh, Noel's online, too. He had a little different take on Pat and also on the general, I understand. Hi, Noel. Hello. Uh, thank you again for taking my call. I you bet. I wanted to say, answer your question that I... Uh, I am absolutely a conservative Republican, uh, vote Republican down the line. However, in this vote, this, and, and if Pat McCrory were on the ticket, I'd continue to do that. However, Ted Budd's actions in the primary, uh, led me to believe that he can't be trusted, that he will tell lies. And I, consequently, even though I disagree with many of the positions that Sherry Beasley holds, I am going to support her. I've sent her money, which is rare for me, uh, and would uh, and I've been urging all my friends to vote for her huh. because I would rather have somebody that I disagree with over a few issues who I feel has integrity than somebody that I agree with on those same few issues, but that I can't trust. So well, it's interesting, Noel, down. because it almost sounds, you know, before the break and before I talked to you, I was telling you the stories we would hear in the House Republican Conference in Washington when I was a member of Congress. The pollsters would say, hey, watch out, watch out for suburban, in their case, they were talking about suburban women, but I think it applies to, to both sexes, obviously. Um, if you're too strident, it turns people off. And to me, Nolan, help me understand where I'm wrong. It almost sounds like that whole, well, I can't vote for Trump because I like what he's done, but he put out those mean tweets, and those mean tweets stand in my way. Is, is that... Well, I'm, I'm not worried about mean tweets, I'm, uh, and i, I got a thick enough skin to not worry about that. But I feel that if someone doesn't have integrity and will lie about his opponent, then just to get, to get elected, then I don't uh, feel that I can trust him to represent me fairly when the chips are down. All right, Noel. Well, hey, I appreciate you sharing your opinion with us today. And uh, it obviously will lead to more discussion, so I really do appreciate your time and your insights. Thanks very much, Noel, for the call. So you hear two very different takes. One voter who was just anti-Pat McCrory from the days when Pat was Charlotte's mayor, but he's all for Ted Budd, and we can understand why. And then Noel, who tells us, you know, what went on in that primary, I don't think Ted Budd is an honest guy. Huh. Well, <laughs> politics ain't beanbag. But, uh, wow, would you, you know, I'd, Noel's vote is his vote. But, man, it kind of, it, it just reminds me, again, to take it out of the, the, the milieu of Charlotte. Buddy of mine, great basketball coach, loved John McKay. Was a friend of mine, too. But he just could not stand Trump. And he'd post in social media, you know how glad he was to see Trump out of office. And you know, a few months later, with all the things headed H-E double hockey sticks, I just wrote him, I said, look, this ain't about John McCain and me. I just want to talk about 2020. Are you really happy that they're not mean tweets out there when you see the inflation? And to be fair to Noel and anybody else who's saying, I don't like Ted Budd, do you really?
want to give money uh, and and vote for Sherry Beasley, if you disagree, on line three, Haley is there. Hi, Haley. Haley, can you hear me? Oh, this is Amy. Oh, Amy, I'm so sorry. It's written down. Well, welcome to the show. Tell us where you stand on this thing. Well, J.D., I'm a registered independent, and I voted for the state and the primary. Um, I will be voting for Ted Budd in the election. Um, it doesn't have, although Ted Budd annoyed me terribly during the primary of the fact that he refused to participate in the debate i thought was you know that that's 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 true that's a big thing but you're with bud sorry we're up against the clock you're with bud now appreciate the call hour three's ahead